Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And once again, welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 221. So technically, I'm on vacation this week. But that doesn't mean that you won't have a brand new episode to listen to before I get back into the saddle next week and make that final push to 250 episodes before the end of the year. The fall season of college golf is winding down, and I figured that this would be as good a time as any to get away from golf courses and the impending hustle and bustle of South Florida. So I packed up some cold weather gear and, yes, a camera and a microphone to record this intro, And I made it all the way out to Montana. Never been out here before, so I'm checking out Yellowstone, Bozeman, Big Sky. And if you're listening to this, I've probably already made it down to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. As I said, I'm taking some pictures because, you know, how could you not? So if you want to follow along during my off week, go ahead, follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. The link is in the show notes of this episode. Before we get to this week's guest on the back of the range, do I have a treat for you all. Yours truly, yes, Ben Adelberg is the latest guest on the Clubs and Corks podcast, which is co-hosted by Luke Taylor and Ben Curtis. Yes, that Ben Curtis, 2003 Open champion Ben Curtis. They have an excellent podcast with a a clear taste in bringing the best talent on as guests. They talk wine golf. It's very fun to listen to and even more so to actually be a guest on the podcast. Some of their guests have also been at the back of the range. Conrad Ray from Stanford, Brandon Wu, Ryan Jameson. They have a wide variety of guests. They have instructors, architects, coaches, players. So go check out my episode. Add this podcast to your rotation of golf podcasts. They also have a video compliment where you can look at my face for an hour straight I wouldn't recommend that, but the link is in the show notes. Go look up Clubs and Corks. It's available everywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And don't worry, these two knuckleheads, yes, did I really just call Luke Taylor and a major champion knuckleheads? These two guys, um, and that's not even the worst thing I called them, but anyways, these two will be guests on the back of the range very soon. I have to get them back for what they did to me at the end of my episode. Not my proudest moment, but it's hysterical nonetheless. Stay tuned for their episode coming up soon at the back of the range. Moving back over to my podcast, you know, as you all know, I get asked the question all the time, who was your favorite guest? And I've been asked that a lot. It's really impossible to answer. Um, They're all good. They're all fun, but, you know, to each their own. But one type of episode that I always enjoy is when I find out that my guest took an uncommon route to success. You know, when they grow up in one place and then they end up in another, and then all of a sudden they're on their way. My guest on this episode is Noah Steele. How does a kid from Kingston, Ontario, Canada, find his way to Huntsville, Texas, to play college golf at Sam Houston State University with Will Holcomb? See, I got you hooked. I got a member of Team Canada on the podcast, He's going to share his story and also a Will Holcomb story. All this, all this while I'm on vacation. Incredible. Noah's story is fantastic. We spoke about his success obtaining his McKenzie Tour card for 2022. And as you're listening to this episode, he's at Latin America Q School. 
So the episode is live, which means the mojo is activated. I know everyone here will be pulling for him. As always, if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Go subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. And remember, photos, videos, everything I create while I'm on the road is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. With that being said, let's get to this episode. Noah, you're at the back of the range. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. We've been trying to get this done. As as you know, this time of the year, I am I, I feel like I'm saying that with every single guest that comes on the podcast. Man, I'm sorry, we've been trying to get this done. But uh as as you know, I've I've been traveling all over and uh you've been traveling all over. Uh not even in this country. You're uh you're uh, up in Canada and um we got a we got a lot to cover. We're definitely gonna have to get into a, a collegiate teammate story later in the episode i'm teasing it early because you are a graduate of sam houston state university and any listener of this podcast is immediately thinking of one person when they say sam houston state who's that person it's will holcomb no, for sure the, the fifth the fifth the we fifth. need to make sure the fifth is in there yeah oh my gosh um we'll get to that at a later time in the episode but uh, uh you know thanks so much for being on and as i stated you know just Coming out of Canada, I know you're you're having some great success on the McKenzie Tour, picking up a win at the Osprey Valley Open. We'll get into what that has done for for your plans moving forward. But um, Kingston, Ontario, Canada, talk to me about where you grew up. Give me a little bit of information about uh, growing up in, in, in Ontario. Yeah, it, it's it's home. Um, Kingston's where I'm from. Uh, you know, I, I had someone asked like what what home was like and I was like you know it's home I I, I I'm looking forward to, to each time I get to be back there I, I still base out of there uh mainly but uh obviously we only have golf in Canada for you know four and a half five six months depending on where you live right um so spending the majority of my time in the U.S. is really how things have gone since I was at school but Kingston's not not crazy big it's the home of Queen's University it's one of um one of its kind of uh, main um, staples, if you will, but there's like 125,000 people. Um, so not, not too crazy big, but uh, yeah, no, uh, typical Canada things. I mean, hockey is a, a big focus there and, uh, and whatnot. We have one golf course in the middle of the city. That's um, that is where I play out of Cataraqui golf and country club. And um, the course that I grew up playing um, the landings, which is a, it's a par 63, um, golf course, uh, nine par fours, nine par threes. That's there as well. And it's, yeah, it's where my entire family is. Um, my, my whole family is really there, um, branches out maybe 30 minutes out of town, but, but that's it. So it's, it's home. It's, it's, uh, it's where I was born and raised and, um, yeah, no, I, I love it. It's a great spot. And I think if I'm, I believe I'm correct here, there's about eight golf courses in the area of Kingston. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're out on some glacier and in between, uh, <laughs> in between hockey and ice fishing, you thaw out a golf course. I mean, we're, we're not talking like you're out completely in, in uh, you know, uh, the Arctic. I mean, this is, golf nope. is part of the culture there. I guess a lot of people, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a native South Floridian, so uh, I, I don't, I've been to Canada a couple of times, don't know much about it, but you know, as far as, you know, the golfing uh, culture and history, but I think it's actually worth mentioning that it, like I said, it's not like you're, there's no access to golf. I mean, you, you do have some sort of a, a culture there where it is 
part of the fabric and a lot of people are playing in the area. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you definitely, uh, you know, with the, the current times, the last two years or so, you, you know, with everyone, you know, more people getting into golf and that kind of thing. And just even at my, my home club, things being so busy where it's kind of a race to the tee sheet each week to, to try and get a, to try and get a spot to play, which is great. And, And I, and I always say like, it's, it's a good thing. It's good for golf. It's good for the courses and everything they, they are busy but you know it gives people a chance to be active and be outside and and, and enjoy uh, you know like you said there's eight you know uh, maybe maybe pick a different one each week or that kind of thing and yeah and yeah no it's it's a great it's a great opportunity i um i, I border um new york state so i like honestly my house is 40 minutes or so from the u.s border um there which would head on down through like Watertown and Syracuse. So uh, I'm not that far from the U S and I definitely made lots of trips driving across the border and whatnot, but all all legally, all all legal, all all legal. Very exactly. Absolutely. Just just trying to, there's, it's, you know, you know, it's a very sensitive (laughs) subject right now, trying to get in the United States. We're not going to cover that right now, but I'm just saying, you know, okay. hundred percent legal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 100% legal. So very similar weather to New York. So it's, yeah, it's it, it definitely gets cold, but we have we have some very very nice months to play golf, so it's it's a treat. And and you know you mentioned hockey. Uh, I mean that yeah. is honestly, I'm guessing every kid grows up thinking that they're gonna you know play in the NHL and play professional hockey, or that's their passion. Did you kind of have a similar upbringing where it was all hockey, and then something caused you to go to golf, or? you know what was kind of your upbringing with with sports because i'm also guessing that you know like down here in south florida right now kids that want to play golf that seems like it's more of the norm you know what's it like when you're growing up as a kid and you maybe say to your parents or your friends you know well i'm a golfer are they looking at you like no but dude you're lefty you're 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 gonna be the next gretzky what's wrong with you no yeah no no i when i was growing up i had the the opportunity to to play and try many different uh sports um my garage door at home is uh is definitely proof that hockey was present uh at my house there's a lot of dents in the door which when i was little i told my mom i was like mom those are goals and uh, we just kind of went on with it from there There Uh, I i missed the net plenty of times and went through many uh, you know, any Canadians that listen to it, many uh, Hockey Canada nets, the um, dented all the posts and broke the nets and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, hockey definitely played a big role in my life and is a, a, a big family sport um, for sure. Uh, my grandfather played, my uncle played, cousins played, uh, everybody. Um, so that was kind of my, that was my definitely my first love in sport um, and something that I put a lot of time into. I was on skates by the time I was two years old. Um, and, uh, and I was playing just, you know, a couple of years after that. So, um, I, I was part of an all sport camp actually that had like a tennis and golf and maybe one or two others in it. Um, actually at, I think it was at the landings, the, the golf course I mentioned there a little bit ago. And, uh, funny story that I found out after the fact, um, I, I love the golf part, um, but I wasn't old enough for, for the just golf only camp. Right. So my, my mom asked and asked and asked and said, you know, like he, you know, he, he'll be fine. Like he's, he's mature for his age or whatever. Like he won't be a problem. Like, and she, you know, she ended up baking banana bread 
to to help get me into the camp your mom uh, is bribing with food love it okay yeah so i kind of found out about that later on and and so golf was there but golf was like a summer thing along with baseball and so those were kind of my sports um when i was in elementary school i played the the soccer um basketball volleyball i played a little bit of volleyball in high school um, but I, I actually chose to stop playing hockey just with the overlapping of things. And I stopped playing baseball first, but stopped playing uh, hockey going into high school um, because that's where I was getting to the age where uh, I was going to maybe try and play some junior golf in the U.S. and just make that a bit more of a focus. And so with with costs, with um, with just kind of getting a little bit more sports specific and getting older, it was just kind of time to make that decision. And I came up upon that myself and. Um, and yeah, and then it's been, it's been pedal down, uh, loving golf and, and enjoying, uh, the journey ever since then. So I, I was really just given the opportunity to try, um, you know, a bunch of different things and just the opportunity to be active. And, um, and I ended up finding a love for sport and, and now chasing it, um, as is hopefully what I'm going to do for a long time. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to ask you the typical question of, you know, what did the parents have to say when you come and say, mom, dad, I, I'm, I want to play golf because clearly if your mom is bribing uh, camp officials with baked goods, then she's all on board and I'm sure dad's on board as well, but absolutely I, right. So, but I guess my question is how's that go over in high school? Because that's the time where, you know, obviously when you're at that age in high school, you know, everyone wants to be, you know, in the in crowd, you know, you want to be, you know, the star quarterback, maybe here in the States, or you want to be the star center on the high school or, or on the, on the hockey team. What's that like when you go into high school and, and your friends are like, Hey, so, you know, we're, we're going to play hockey. You're like, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking, thinking back, honestly, like, like whenever people would ask her when I was that age in high school saying like, Oh, I, like I play golf, that definitely, it wasn't yet like people weren't like, wow, that's awesome. Right. Okay. You know, it's like, it was definitely, it's definitely like, Oh, cool. And, and it's like, it was kind of left at that. It's not like, Oh, like we can't go watch you in the, in the gym or we can't, right. you know, watch you play football or, uh, you know, go to an arena and watch you play hockey, but oh, but that's good that you're, you know, you're playing golf yeah. and that kind of thing. And, and, and high, that's one thing I actually didn't really realize was just the difference in, kind of seriousness or like the preparation for like post high school athletics, like collegiate athletics is just so different from, from Canada to, to the U S and, and the one, the intensity, but just like the focus and the things that are available. Like, honestly, like there, there were some athletes, like I had a, I was a very uh, athletic uh, graduation year. Like we had lots of great athletes that went on to do different things from track to hockey to all kinds of stuff um, to football. Um, but it, I don't know, they're just, there's not like, that's not as much the mindset, right? So it's more of like, you're there, you're, you're active, you're enjoying the sport, whether it's baseball, whether it's hockey, volleyball, basketball, golf, um, that kind of thing. And you're just enjoying it. And Hey, if, if you maybe get the opportunity to do something down the road or or grab it by the reins, that's, that's, that's great. Um, but it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I just, I found, it's surprising. Um, like I didn't realize Friday night lights was actually a thing. Like before I came okay. down here, gotcha. I just didn't know that. So like, basically like we had in Canada, set up- so not to cut you off, but just to maybe kind of understand what you're yeah. saying. So basically what you're saying is in Canada, or at least where, where you were, maybe the machine of getting you from high school to scholarship athlete in college 
maybe mm-hmm. wasn't as aggressive as you've realized it was in the States. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Definitely. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, no, and, and, you know, not good or bad or whatever, but it just, it's just a bit of a different, you know, focus. Obviously we had like our higher performers and right. that kind of thing and people that knew that that's what they wanted to do and knew it, knew that that's what they wanted to chase. But like people laugh and you'll probably laugh as well. Like our, our football, um, our football stadium, if you will, uh, had a set of bleachers. Okay. <laughs> like like one or two and but like rugby and field hockey and soccer they all played on the same one and like you know like i spent like any time i watched the football game i, I stood to watch so it's just when right. i came down and saw like the high school football world it's like it was a a very different deal right. so um especially so yeah, in so, texas you're really going into the yeah, fire down there because that's I mean, that's, that's right that's that's religion down there it is for sure so yeah so no it was going back to you know your original question you saying yeah i'm a golfer that wasn't like that wasn't your in <laughs> kind of thing into like the cool lunch group or whatever right, right. Um, necessarily but um but i definitely was 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 very happy to be doing what i was doing so it was all good <laughs> so um talk to me a little bit about i mean uh, we're, we're talking about texas and you know, just to mm-hmm. you know go back to the fact that you you know played collegiately and had a great career at sam houston state in Huntsville, Texas. So we uh, definitely mm-hmm. need to figure out, uh, which is always fun during these episodes, when you have someone that grew up in one area of the country or in another country and then get to, uh, you know, someplace completely different. I'm always fascinated. And a lot of listeners really like hearing, like, okay, how does that happen? Like, mm-hmm. I, like you just mentioned you're 40 minutes away from, from New York. So, um, sure, I could easily see some northeastern college uh d2 d1 what have you that's right there you know across the pond so to speak uh picking you up sure that makes sense but how does sam houston state university get their hands on a noah (laughs) steel yeah no that's very fair um i uh i i I honestly uh on the on the flip i really i was relatively unknown in canada as a golfer uh, until kind of my college years, I, I didn't play really any junior golf in Canada. Okay. Um, so I, I, I think the first step to uh, collegiate golf in Huntsville, Texas, was me making the move um, to playing junior golf in the U.S., making that the focus. And I, uh, you know, uh, back in I think it was 2014, um, I, I played my first AJGA. Um, like junior all-stars junior events so i played like three that year i played a preseason then i played two more events because i because of the performance-based entry or whatever so i i moved my focus just down into the u.s because kind of right from the get-go i'm like well my my goal is to to play division one college golf uh in the u.s but i i was enamored with playing in, in the state of texas so i was a very big jordan Spieth fan as a junior and like go. followed his career and so honestly he had a like a big part in 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 me thinking oh like texas might be a good place to go and then like i you know you'd see different players from from different places that would find themselves in uh in texas and had college careers there at at, at you know uh, there's lots of school lots of division one schools in texas so at, at at any of them and um i was like oh that's interesting like maybe win maybe grass maybe this that and um i just thought there would be a lot of opportunity there like i i uh, I, you know, I only played golf at home for four and a half or five months and right. 
Um, I knew that was a place where even though there's, you know, I've come to find out that there's times of the year where it's maybe not that pleasant, oh, yeah. but it's still, it's still doable. Um, so, so those were kind of the main things, but I, I, I remember like the conversation with my mom saying, I want to play division one golf in the state of Texas. And, and there began the pursuit of that. So, um, you know, I played Jordan's piece event in 2015, uh, at the university of Texas. And I met Brant Kieschnick who, um, uh, was, ended up being my, uh, my college coach to be. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, spoke on a similar level and, um, whatnot from the get go, uh, obviously me being much younger, but you know, he just, he, he talked and thought in a way that I felt I wanted to be led and, you know, I felt safe going there and that, you know, he had my bench, my best interest, sorry, uh, in mind. And my, my mom was, was happy with, with, uh, everything and, uh, my, my entire family. And yeah, and it was a go from there. So, um, you know, I had the whole recruiting process. I had, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I, I look back and I see like younger people going through it now. I'm like, wow, that's, you know, like, it's just so much to take in, but like yeah. looking back, I, I ended up in the right hands and, uh, I, I was definitely questioned like why there, you know, why, why not go somewhere else? But I, there was definitely a, a reason for me to choose Sam Houston and it, and it did work out really, really well. So, um, yeah, so no, it, it, that's how I found my way to, to Texas and, and I'm still sitting in Texas at this yes, moment. You, yes, so. you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, it's, it's just so interesting the, the journeys that different players take and, and I, I know, I mean, you just said it right there. You were very fortunate to, to hit it off with your coach, and all of a sudden you find <laughs> yourself in the, in a great position. And as you said, there's so many different ways that could have gone. And, you, you know, we, we are around amateur golf a lot, and, and I'm around it and seeing, you know, kids going through recruiting processes. And it's just, it's a gauntlet to try and figure out, you know, <laughs> especially if you're playing a lot of tournaments. And it almost sounds like it was kind of a – maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise to not play so much junior golf where you had perhaps just not the, just the absolute uh, overwhelming nature of that process. Exactly. Yeah. I almost, I almost like, I don't know. My stomach turns a bit when I, I listen to the conversation or just when I think back, even of like how things could have gone so differently. And you think about the pressure that, you know, like a younger person teenager who's going through all kinds of stuff and and don't even doesn't really even know who they are yet yeah. um and whatnot and, and then you you add in a decision that ends up having a big impact on things down the road you, that's hard to wrap your head around um uh, you know so i think you know my my surroundings and having a really good group of people family support system coaches all that that made a big difference for me but um you know i I honestly don't want to do it again. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, as much like, I honestly felt like once I got to school, I'm like, well, like for the most part, my recruiting days are over. Like I, I have a couple buddies that are great hockey players and have, are, are having careers of their own and the recruiting's never over for them. Um, right. you know, cause they're maybe going from team to team or, you know, there, there's always someone watching and that's, that's definitely present in golf. Like when it maybe comes to future support or sponsors or, whatever um or maybe the an agent coming along or just those kinds of networking connections that kind of thing but but it, i don't know like the the recruiting or this or that like it it i love that about golf that it's it's a performance-based thing it's yeah. on you and you're doing it um so i as much as it's it's an exciting time it's it's amazing for me to think wow like that could have gone very different like i wouldn't have maybe met these people that now are you know have a huge part in my life and stuff yeah. so um so it's cool it's cool to think about but 
like I said, I, I honestly, in the nicest way, I don't want to do it over. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, so. the good thing also, like you said about this game, like you said, if you put the scores up and your finishes are good, somebody is going to find you for that sponsorship deal or they're yeah. going to help you, you know, with exemptions or they will pave the way where, where it will all work out. So. Um, Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. So we're going to, I feel we have to get this out of the way because it's just too good to prolong. I definitely don't want to, don't want to hide a Will Holcomb story at the very, very tail end of this episode. So you go to Sam Houston, you're in, you're in Huntsville, Texas. And at some point you are on the same team. I mean, this is, this is just an added bonus. I mean, I can't, I mean, you get an education, you get to play golf in Texas and you get to spend an unlimited amount of time with Will Holcomb the fifth. I mean, yeah, that's all included. Yeah. You, that, I mean, that that's included with everything that I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, oh, he, yeah. I mean, he listens to this podcast and when he's not, you know, duck hunting or killing some elk or whatever the hell he's doing, when he's not playing golf. <laughs> Your first interaction with Will um, do you remember it? I mean, give me, a, I know you have a Will Holcomb story. I know you're, I'm going to yeah. let you share that, but you first meet Will. How's that go? So I, I met Will on my visit. I met him and his dad and, oh you know, I, I came. Will, <laughs> Will Holcomb yeah. is, is the greeter. Yeah. Oh yeah. So oh, it, it uh, I get there and, um, you know, I obviously, um, uh, with talking to our coach Brandt, um, I had kind of known that he was looking for two people for that graduation year. And so my, my first interaction I actually was before the recruiting trip, but it was at that Jordan Spieth event. Okay. And so Will was there and he seemed to know everyone. Like he was talking yes. to everyone and running around and all this stuff and whatever. And I was like, who is it? And he, he's like, Oh, like, no, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm Will, like, and this, that, like, I'm going to go to Sam Houston. I think he had maybe already committed or like that kind of thing. So we end up going on a recruiting trip and he's there. I'm there. Um, we ended up having a really good time um, and whatnot, but of course, just kind of from like two very different kind of, not necessarily upbringings, but we're just very different people yeah. uh, at the, at the time. And so he, yeah, he, he was always giving me something to laugh about and, uh, and whatnot. I'm, I'm sitting in a, a, like a home cooking, like Southern type restaurant trying to figure out what chicken fried steak is. And he's yes. already got his order in because, <laughs> because, because I'm the newbie. So, uh, he, you know, I definitely was coming into his neck of the woods, but that's when I met Will for the first time. Oh my gosh. I, I could yeah. not think. And, and he is, um, Man, you, you, uh, yeah, you two just because I've been around both of you on golf courses, and and you're, yeah, you two are not uh, on the golf course <laughs> at least not very similar, and no. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he, he, wow, uh, I don't yeah. even know where to begin with that one, but yeah, uh, and and the fact that we, you know, we spent a whole year rooming together our freshman oh, year. Oh my god, I well. mean, oh, this yeah. is getting even better. I mean, yeah. Wow, how, so, how did you find the apartment because I'm sure there was camouflage painted all over the walls. I mean, how do you even <laughs> find the place? Yeah, he uh he you know, he yeah, we ended up rooming together and um our coach put us together. We were the only two uh freshmen and whatnot. So it uh we had to stay in dorms our first year and um yeah, we we ended up uh we ended up being roommates and and whatnot and we didn't we didn't spend we spent more and more time together and we got closer and closer as the years went on um we didn't spend a ton of time together in the beginning obviously we were together a lot with traveling sure. and training and um 
and, and playing. But, you know, I think we think we were honestly like looking back and, you know, if you asked him uh, what meeting me was like, we were, we were still very interested in, in beating each other and in, in sure. competing and that kind of thing. And once, I think once we kind of got past that, the, the, the like doors of friendship opened and we realized like how much we could help each other. So I was able to take something from him. He was able to maybe take something from me and we were able to actually, I think become pretty good leaders at, at Sam Houston. And so that was really, really cool. As funny as he is, as ridiculous as he is <laughs> or, or whatever, um, he, he's, he's the man and we definitely, we're definitely great friends now, but, um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a fun four years. That's for sure. And, um, yeah, no, it was, it was great. It's, it's gotta be hard to study for finals in the dorm when your roommate's skinning a deer, right? I mean, that's, yeah. it's gotta be yeah. tough. <laughs> All right. So give uh, me, so give me the Will Holcomb story that you teased, yeah. uh, that you told me about earlier. And then we'll actually talk about you and your, your, what's going on with you, but I, but it's just, it's just too good. So. No, it's great. Yeah. I, I had one come to mind right away and I, I think we kind of maybe brought it up in it. You might have to be there to find it really, really funny, but, um, if you've, you know, for the people that have been in the Texas area, we were heading up to uh, Trinity Forest, okay. and uh, it was this year. There was a ton of rain, and 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 we ended up not getting a practice round. We were just able to walk the golf course when we arrived. But there's, you know, there's water, um, you know, along roads, like all the way up to the roads, like not to where they're flooded, but I, it was just it was brutal. So we were trying to find a place to practice while we were on our way up, and we ended up stopping at this public golf course i would imagine is called the brickyard um and it's like half i want to say it's maybe closer to dallas than it is huntsville but anyways we we end up just we play nine holes like we hit a couple balls to to warm up or no we didn't we went right to the tee and and there's this there's this long par five I remember there's like there's like a maybe like a creek through the middle and then this really big elevated green and um you kind of were hitting back up to it so I think all of us had hit our, our balls up on the on the green and on the proper level, except for Will. Um, and so we're all up there, and I don't know why, but like our uh, our travel outfit was for some reason like a white shirt. Oh no! Um, and so <laughs> so we're up there, <laughs> and we <laughs> we hear him like hit a shot, and like <laughs> we don't we don't see a ball, and we're like, oh, that's kind of funny, and. So we kind of get over a little bit closer <laughs> and he hits it. I think he hits the shot again or something. And then we see, <laughs> we hear him and I guess he had fallen and kind of like slid down oh, the no. hill a bit, but we see, we see a golf bag fly up. Like he threw his clubs, like his whole bag, like everything together up onto the top tier. Cause he was slipping, falling, like trying to make his way right. up the hill. And so anyways, his clubs get tossed up. They land on their side, like just on the fringe or off the side of the green. And he walks up the hill, like front of white shirt, brown, like just a total mess. Oh and God. it was just, it was a, it was a perfect, perfect storm, if you will. But we, yeah, we killed ourselves laughing. And that's like the first time I think I've told the story since you might've had to be there, but like out of nowhere, like we heard two swings, maybe, we we didn't hear any choice words, but we definitely heard some talking because it was it was Will. Um, and then we saw a bag fly Just up, a bag fly the, up. Like, near the putting surface. We're like, okay, great. <laughs> and he comes up the hill just covered in mud and it was, awesome. uh, it was it was pretty good it was really really good so if, uh, um that's the first one i thought of and 
thought that'd be a good one to share. I, oh, that's perfect. Appreciate that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. perfect. See, I was expecting maybe to hear like he showed up at a golf course wearing waders or something. Oh, um, shoot. No, yeah. I don't think he ever did that. No, I don't think he did that. Oh, but, my gosh. That guy is a yeah. beauty. He is. He, he is. is. He is one of my uh, He is one of my all-time favorites. Whenever I see him, yeah. um, oh, my gosh, just just he's the best he's the best he's a good and you guys yeah. are you guys are gonna be i can easily see you guys just you know like i i picture zurich classic you two i mean that's that's gotta <laughs> Hamden be that. and Aganen. oh yeah that would yeah. be that would be great that would be very very fun i would um, love that predicting it now predicting it now it's gonna happen <laughs> i like it give it a year right maybe two something like that but it's gonna happen um, so now you graduate now, you know, a lot of conversations lately with, with collegiate players, you have some that are coming back for COVID years, some that didn't, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of been the story this season. You graduate, have that opportunity to come back for a year. You have a great career at Sam Houston, picking up, uh, you know, wins and, and, you know, conference, uh, accolades. I mean, you have this great career and you have the opportunity to do so where you can come back and, you know, benefit from that and, you know, keep, keep things going at, at, you know, at Sam Houston, you decide not to. So, um, you know, this is a little bit different than maybe the norm lately. A lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to come back and continue playing. Talk to me and maybe kind of bring listeners into the thought process of, okay, I have this, but I'm not going to take it, you know, weighing the pros and cons, like what was kind of your approach to that decision? Yeah. So when that, you know, my, my college career was, um, was, was cut a little short. Um, I, uh, I was actually just recently in, in San Diego, um, back in California for the first time. And in San Diego ended up being where my last event was played. And I, I remember like, you know, landing, I'm like, Oh, like I never thought like landing here, this was going to be the place I played my last event. I thought it was going to be at absolute worst conference, maybe like a regional or whatever. Um, so anyways, things finished up in, uh, I guess, March of 2020, I graduated May of 2020 and then had this decision to make. So, um, you know, I thought a lot about it. Um, this was actually the, the, the year that I made team Canada, our national amateur team for the first year. I think I was in, yeah, I was in my first year. So I was going to be going into my, my second year on the team. Okay. So what, so what that means is, uh, uh, as a part of team Canada, you know, we're funded by uh, sport Canada and that kind of thing. So it was going to open up some doors for me to have the ability to travel and play tournaments and stuff like that and play a, a fuller schedule and whatnot. And that's kind of what I was preparing to do when I left school. Okay. Um, so I kind of had these thoughts that, yeah, you know, that'll be great. Those are opportunities that I'm, you know, I, I want to take advantage of. Um, I, I have a lot of, there's a lot of tournaments that I, that I didn't really play in summers. I kind of have my college schedule and that was it. So I had that and, and I was like, okay, but you know, there's this opportunity to go back to school. I had gotten my degree and graduated and I just, I kind of felt like it was, it was not the way that I wanted to end, but the way that it, it was supposed to, um, you know, and I, I had thought about it a lot and I was back home and I had a great call with, with my coach and obviously, um, he wanted me to come back and that kind of thing, but was in full support of me just doing what was best for me. So I felt that not going back and taking that was the chance for me to kind of put myself in, in positions that I had not yet been in. Um, and now on the flip side, that was definitely the right choice for me. There's things that I've learned and there's a lot of things you need to manage um, in 
you know, high level amateur golfer or just in anything that you're kind of doing more on your own and, and managing and planning and um, whether from like accommodation standpoint, all that stuff that I didn't realize was, was really there because my college coach did it all. So right. it was kind of a, it was a great prepper for what my next step was going to be whenever it was time to, to or will be time to turn pro. Um, so that's a little bit uh, jumbled, but uh, I kind of had to go ahead because I had some, I had some thinking going into the end of my fourth year already kind of in place. I was like, okay, this is kind of what I'm thinking of doing and whatnot. And I just, I decided that sticking to that was best, was best for me. So um, I, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't take that fifth year and I think it's a great opportunity that it's there. I know there's lots of people that would say if I, if I could have one next year, I'd take it right away. And I think that's great. And, but it just, it just depends on the person um, and that kind of thing. So that's where I was at with my decision and that's kind of how it, it took place. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you kind of walked through that because, you know, the thing is, is that if you really aren't there because, you know, I, like, like Henry Shemp, you know, I just, you know, Henry Shemp uh, was just recently a guest on the back of the range. He's at Stanford. He, he went back. He, he's working on a master's program. Um, that is okay. you know, something that he's working towards. But I guess if, if you're using that year just to prolong and just to tread water, maybe you're just not learning. Of course, you're getting more golf in and more tournaments and everything's there in front of you. Like you said, your, your coaching staff and, and your, your university are, basically setting the schedule for you, but it, it's kind of prolonging the inevitable. And I'm guessing your thought process is let's just get started so I can learn how to eventually become a professional. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, when it came to like the school thing for me, I just, I didn't want to start something I wasn't going to, you know, right. maybe be able to finish and, um, you know, putting, putting in the time or kind of running off of, uh, you know, a schedule that wasn't set by me. I just, I've, I've always, it just ended up fitting me. And I, I think that, um, now, you know, being removed from it, um, I, I'm kind of, I'm a structured kind of uh, routine type person. And I, I've, I think I've thrived more, even I learned a lot from how things were taken care of and how, um, we managed schedule at school, but then I was able to create a schedule that was more so better for me and then challenge myself and, um, and whatnot. And, and then, uh, I think I've, you know, I've benefited from that, uh, rather than, uh, you know, settling back into something that was familiar, um, kind of taking that step and, and kind of jumping and just seeing what, what was going to happen and just kind of go in with an open mind of, of, uh, stuff that I, I didn't really know, um, how, how any of it was going to look. I just, I just knew I was going to be playing, pretty much all events that I had maybe never played before. Um, and it was going to be moving me toward my, my next step. So I think that kind of resembles a little bit how I approach things in junior golf to where I'm like, you know what, right now, like, you know, you know, people wonder why the heck I'm not playing tournaments in Canada. It's like, well, I'm not thinking about right now. Like I'm thinking about, Hey, like we're, this is the the process to get to what the, the next big step is for me. And then, then, you know, I feel like everything at school, yeah, there are some big moments in there, but those, those were all, little steps, you know, process things or whatever to then take the next big step to, to that. So I felt like it was time for me to do that. Um, and, and it, it just worked out well. Yeah. I, I'm just looking at some of your, your tournament finishes as an amateur. And, you know, if, if, if COVID would have canceled the college season just a few days earlier, your very last collegiate event would have been your win at the border Olympics. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now 
your final is a is a forty fourth place. So sorry. <laughs> Sorry to yeah, it, sorry to bring exactly. the episode, sorry to bring the episode to a screeching halt there, but you know yeah. numbers don't lie. So we're we're gonna move no, past we're gonna move past that lie. we're gonna move past that. Um, obviously, 2020 was just an, an, you know at at that point everything's pretty much shut down. I mean, you played a couple yeah. tournaments here and there. Obviously, you got to go out to Bandon Dunes. That's where I saw you uh, yeah. at the U.S. Amateur. That obviously was such a blast. But so I want to talk a little bit about 2021 because mm-hmm. you know you you're you know, right now you're, you're talking and people listening, if they're not really paying attention closely, they would think, oh, well, this, this, this guy's a pro now. He turned pro. Uh, not the case. You are still an amateur. And I'm looking at, now you have your first full year. You're with Team Canada. I definitely want you to explain a little bit about what they've done for you that has allowed you to kind of a, stay an amateur but maybe set your schedule as if you were a professional. I mean, you've played Jones Cup this year, Zalia, Terracotta, I saw you there, um, saw you at the Western. So you've played this really great schedule of uh, amateur events, and then now, you know, playing some McKenzie Tour events recently as, as, as still as an amateur. What has Team Canada done to allow you or to assist you in kind of going – and setting a schedule as if you were a professional, but still keeping your amateur status. Yeah, I, I've, I've been able, I've honestly, I've actually said uh, to a few people, well, I'm a, I'm a professional amateur golfer. I'm a professional golfer. I know a lot of guys sure. like, like that. I'm, I know a lot of yeah. guys like that, but they're in their forties yeah. and uh, that that's, love that, it. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a different world. You're, yeah. Go ahead. It sorry. is. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. Yeah. So no, I, I, uh, I was, Basically, I, I had the the whole year, um, and and I didn't really I didn't work, really know where things were gonna uh, end up. You know, as we near kind of the end of 2021, um, when I was going into the into 2021. Um, but basically, the, the the plan and the goal was like, let's play everything. Let's let's kind of get our hands dirty. Let's uh, let's put me in all kinds of new positions. Let's put you on the road for a bunch of weeks in a row. Let's bounce from an event to an event to an event and let's see what happens um so uh you know going into the the year and whatnot that that's something that i i hadn't really experienced i had i had played maybe three events in a row maybe had a week off and played another one like when we were in school and we sometimes would have a a kind of a cram um college schedule but that was something i had never you know i had never really dealt with or experienced and i didn't really have a true taste um you know of, of what that was like um or what it's like you know on um, you know, the McKenzie tour, Latin America or corn Ferry tour, PJ tour, where guys are playing a lot of weeks in a row and managing all that. Right. So golf, golf Canada, uh, I mentioned that, uh, earlier with kind of being some preliminary thoughts of how I was going to move into my next year. If COVID year was never even ever a thing. Um, I, I knew that, uh, I was going to be out of school, um, and I was going to be done with that. And it was now just going to be time to focus on, um, my playing, my practicing, my training, and and basically training as a professional golfer, or, or kind of learning more of what that might be like. Um, so I uh, put together a, a schedule with um, Derek Ingram. He's our head coach, um, and yeah, and I just I got into it. Um, so Golf Canada basically um, they played a big role in providing um, the the financial support and funding to to travel and, and play uh, and represent the country as well and and our sponsors. Um, but they, you know, they've provided them with the opportunity to travel, play and, you know, take care of, 
um, a lot of the expenses to do so. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I prepare and go compete and, and see what happens. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the basics of, uh, of, of how the things looked starting the year and then um, kind of how we've progressed through to now. It's just they're basically able to provide us with the support right. um, kind of on all levels from, uh, from, you know, obviously the physical. We have like our head coach, assistant coach, um, Derek Ingram, Andrew Parr, and, uh, and then um, our trainer PT is, is Greg Redman. And our sports psych is, is Adrian too good. So we kind of have the support from um, kind of all areas and we have a few camps a year. Um, so we have uh, usually a new year camp uh, over American Thanksgiving because none of us are American. It's an opportunity for us to be off school when we're in school. So we could all meet up in Arizona. Uh, and then, uh, and then in January, the new, we'd have a new year camp. So um, after Christmas, we would, we would meet in Arizona um, kind of that for five days, like that first week, then, then everyone would go back to school. Um, uh, and then we would, uh, yeah, we would progress from there. And then, uh, we might see one of our coaches, head coach or assistant coach at an event throughout the season. Um, you know, sometimes we would have a couple of us at each event and it would work and they could kind of get together with us, kind of help us not necessarily work us around a golf course in the way that they would in college, but more so just be there, uh, from a support standpoint, get to know us more and how they could maybe help us um, more. So, um, yeah, long-winded answer, but I no, hope that makes sense. No, that does. I, I, I think that's, uh, that's great. And that's obviously not something that is, uh, you know, you don't really get that a lot in the States. I mean, that's more, it sounds more like it's a, um, you know, that sounds more of what, obviously you're, you're no stranger to what you had at Sam Houston, but it sounds more that you're on just a very, uh, comprehensive, team like you were in college like a big d1 mm -hmm. powerhouse you know you have a lot behind you i think that's great yeah yeah no exactly that's really what it is and um yeah we're, we're provided with great support and and a lot of great opportunity in there and um yeah that's that's really what has allowed me to to do what i have since uh leaving school has been their their well, support and guidance <clears throat> well if they are looking for any uh 40 year old floridians that can kind of break 76 at will you let me know i mean i'll uh whatever i gotta do to, don't ask me to skate though because i that's just gonna be awful that's that's no one needs to see that um now i i'm looking too at your schedule in 21 and um you kind of had starting at sunny hannah which is in early june i don't think i don't think you've had more than a week off playing no. tournaments um <laughs> So you really have jumped in and done everything. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I think you've had a week off here and there, but for the most part, you're playing every week and mm -hmm. doing a lot of traveling. So we're going to kind of pivot into how you have, you know, what challenges you've, you've figured out and then what you're doing to keep yourself in condition and in shape to play this kind of a schedule, because this is not what college players are dealing with right now. This is pretty unique to or pretty specialized into what professionals deal with and uh, mm -hmm. you know a lot of the you know just to, to break off on a quick tangent you know a lot of the college guys that i've seen these last couple tournaments of the fall season a lot of them are like yeah i'm done i am burnt I'm, i need to put the clubs away uh you know and but you have not had to, you've not done that you've actually put the hammer down so, yeah. <laughs> uh, what have you learned about yourself to kind of get yourself, uh, you know, acclimated to this? 
Yeah, it was kind of um, let's let's go like I said like let's go all in let's yeah. let's take a leap and let's see what happens and um, my game honestly felt really good going into Sunny Hannah. We had a camp um, before that event and I was like things were either going to go really well or I was going to end up having the summer that I had. <laughs> it's kind of the way that I right. I like to think of it. So my game felt great. I got off to a nice start at Sunny Hannah and it was kind of a uh, play 54 holes then they would cut you play the last round and i shot a handful over par the third day and, and ended up not having a tee time the final round and i was like whoa Whoops. that what just happened um because i had played really nice i was um like actually up within striking distance to move kind of into contention even going to the last round and i threw myself out of position and it, it, that that kind of smoked me um looking back i was like wow like that was that was weird and i you know for a long time um when i would play an event i because I, I wasn't playing a ton outside of school i was like oh like this is my this is my one chance like i need to play well i need to make the most of it and i weighed a lot on each individual event um and i hadn't yet played enough even with playing you know jones cup azalea terracotta um you know that kind of thing i hadn't yet played enough events together where I realized that it's, it, it's going to happen. You're, you're going to make a mistake. You're, you're going to maybe miss a cut, you know, all these things that you see other people do, like it just, it happens. Golf is hard. Yeah. Um, so, so that was kind of the start of things. And then I, I went from there to, to Pinehurst. Um, and, uh, and I had a, a very similar week. Uh, I struggled. Um, and, uh, and I, I just, I was managing actually the things off the golf course a little better than I thought I would. I've, I've always been a, a, a structured person and in whatnot and kind of like to know what's coming up when I'm coming and going and kind of the scheduling of things. And really the whole summer, you know, let's say I played pretty consistently from June all the way through October. Um, and uh, what, what a, it's all really taught me is that you know that you're going to be fine like you're going to figure it out it's it's going to be you know no big deal like there, there's other options so like if a flight would get canceled or if this would happen or whatever like you know a year or two ago that would have maybe thrown me for a loop a little bit but I actually managed the off like the off course kind of being my own agent part I managed yeah. that a lot better than I thought but I I felt like and I felt like I was doing the right things to play good quality golf and have a chance to do so but that part wasn't working out. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. And so I was grinding away, grinding away, grinding away. And obviously lots of conversations with um, close friends, family, coaches and stuff. And um, just kind of pecking away at, at, at the process of things. And uh, I got to the Western and, um, you know, I, I, I felt uh, I didn't feel that great maybe going in, but I saw some good things the week before at the Porter Cup. And so I was learning how like weeks before were were great, great learning lessons, they, you know, and um, I, I know our, our head coach, Derek Ingram would say, you know, we were we were on the learning team this week. And if I played poorly, I was like, oh, I lost, okay. you know, I, I, I lost. I, I, I didn't I didn't play the way that I should. Like, I'm terrible that kind of thing. Like I, I didn't, you know, maybe have that harsh of an attitude all the time. Uh, it's not really, really me, but, um, I was like, wow, like, you know, that, that makes sense. Like, like, let's look at these kind of misses of, um, you know, missing cuts or not playing the way that you want or not shooting the numbers you want. Let's look at those as, as, Oh, it's a, another learning lesson or another feather in your cap rather than just thinking, wow, like, when is it going to turn around? Like, you know, you can actually use all that stuff. So, I learned that, Hey, like, you know, 
you need to kind of process it, think about it. And then when you're, when I'm going to the airport, when I get on the next plane, that week's over, let's do a new week. Let's learn from the previous, make some notes and move on. So I, I was, I was able to get more of a feel for that and realize that, Oh, like a miscut wasn't a wasted week. It maybe wasn't what you were looking for, but, but you, there's a lot to learn there. So uh, I played the Western and um, you know, I felt, I felt okay kind of going in and again, played very mediocre and I kind of hit a bit of a tipping point for myself and was a little bit frustrated, like kind of post stroke play. Cause I was watching a couple of, of my friends who of course I wanted them to play well, but it was hard for me to watch them be competing and know that I wanted to be there as well. And in right, right. that kind of thing. So those were just some other things that I was, I was dealing with, but you know, I, I think I just felt, and I was talking to a couple of people. I remember saying that like, I'm close, like I'm, I'm doing the right things. Like, it's just, it's a matter of time. Like uh, it's going to come around. And so I honestly just at that point, I felt like I had weathered a lot. Like I felt like I had dealt with a lot of new things. I had felt like I had learned a lot about my game. I had learned a lot about tendencies and how to, how to deal with things. And, um, and so then I, I, I go back to Canada and play the Canadian M and I led, played really nice golf and I think I was 15 under through the three rounds and I had a chance to win. Um, and that was like, the polar opposite. I felt in total control of my game. I felt like everything felt great. Um, and, but it, it all felt like it was there because of the previous, because of the harder, the harder times and, and okay. whatnot. And then that bled into the rest of um, what happened with the McKenzie tour. So I feel like my summer and going into all that, it, it, it taught me a ton and, and I, I learned a ton uh, and that allowed um, you know, me to find a better version of myself, but also my game and, uh, and kind of put things more into perspective. So I learned through the process and the journey of, of playing a lot. Uh, I, I learned that, you know, when you're not playing that well, you probably want to keep playing so that you can work your way through it and get competitive reps. And then when you're playing well, you want to keep playing also because you can, uh, you know, you can kind of ride the wave and, and, you know, maybe continue to post, some good rounds and maybe have some good finishes. Well, um, and it so. sounds to me that, you know, the, the biggest takeaway from that, and it's very well said and, and very valuable. And I know people listening uh, are going to take, I mean, what I'm taking away from it is, you know, one of the biggest things you want to avoid is just having a week where you're slamming the trunk. I missed the cut. You get upset and then you just say, all right, where am I going now? instead of actually taking the time to really, you know, you know, rip the bandaid off and dig deep yeah. and say, okay, what happened there? You know, yeah. you know, and, and not, not in a negative way, but like, okay, let's unpack this and, and not say, okay, I got to fix that. I'm missing too many fairways. I got to fix that. Instead of yeah. that, just saying, okay, well, you know, how'd that happen? And then I'm also thinking about the fact that you've never played a schedule like this before. You've never. never played this much golf. You know, that's one of the things a lot of these, uh, I've spoken, like I said, I've had a lot of guys in the podcast that have now turned professional. And they're like, I, I you know, I'd, I'd play a tournament and then we'd go back to campus for a couple of weeks and I'd sleep in my own bed mm -hmm. and I'd, you know, my mind would be off the game. I would, I would take my classes and I'd practice with the guys and then we'd go, you know, we'd have, you know, weekends with the, with the buddies. And, but no, you're, this is kind of like your job now. Um, yeah. So, you know, what is maybe something that you just all encompassingly for like the entire year have you that you've learned 
not just successes or failures or whatever, but what's one thing that, that you have learned that is helping you move forward that you've just kind of, I know it's hard to pick one thing, but maybe what's one thing you yeah. identified? Yeah. One kind of, I guess, well-rounded thought that I've come to would be, you, you need to be patient in, in whatever you're doing, patient in, in the process of, um, of what you're going through, uh, whether that's a tough time playing or even being patient when you're playing well. Um, you know, so when you're playing well, you're like, sometimes you're like, Oh, like gotta, you know, do this, do that. Like you, you kind of hurry yourself to just staying patient. Um, and, and you know, em- embrace every challenge that, that kind of comes towards you. Um, and, and you gotta be positive. Um, the game is way too hard. You gotta find, you gotta, you gotta do your best to find a way to be positive or at least, kind of see the good in, in things because spending all that time on the road. And like you said, I've, I'd never done that before. Um, I had a lot of time by myself, <laughs> a lot of time where I was, where I was just figuring things out and, and to have that when you're not playing that well, you, ne- you need to know why you're there. You need to know, um, you need to know why you're putting yourself through it. And, you know, pe- if people ask you, Hey, do you enjoy it? You should be able to say, I, I love it. You know, like this, like I've, I've wanted to do this forever. I have the opportunity to do it. It's not maybe going how I want, but we're going to figure it out. So I think you need to be patient. I think you just, you need to, you need to be positive and, and just kind of embrace, um, you know, kind of whatever's being thrown at you. And, and I, I honestly, I told myself a lot uh, throughout different events, even in, even in good situations where I felt my heart going and I needed to kind of reel myself back in and even in tough times is like you're, you're going to be okay you're going to be fine and um you know it's what you want to do so it's what you practice for so so why you know step on a tee shot and, and be afraid just go all in see what happens if it goes great it goes great if not we got something else to learn from so um i would say that's kind of like the all-encompassing big picture kind of look that i try to now take into um you know every day but 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 my playing as well right. mainly yeah, and, yeah. The, and the other thing I keep thinking of too is when you're trying to chase it, when you don't meet expectations, the natural reaction is, well, I got to practice harder. I got to play yeah. more. I got to hit more balls. I got to hit more putts. I have to get in the gym more. I have to do more, 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 more. And as someone that's trying to just get into, I know you're not a pro yet, but it's where you're going, mm-hmm. you know, as someone that's trying to build a career, how do you actually tell yourself, no, I have to actually have a balanced life a little bit. I mm-hmm. can't just be on the golf course all the time because yeah. I haven't gotten to where I'm trying to get yet. That's got to yeah. be a, a kind of a, that's got to mess with your mind too of saying, no, it's, it's okay that I can, you know, get, you know, I can binge watch a couple hours of Netflix <laughs> and not have it affect my psyche where I'm not, a, I'm not, a, you know, I'm a lazy bum. I'm actually just, you know, unplugging yeah. for a while. Exactly. Exactly. You have to, you have to find balance, have, have other things that interest you in, you know, um, golf is golf can always be, be what you do, but it can't be you, um, you know, and so I, I absolutely agree, um, you know, with the, 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 the balance and then that being important and, um, you know, keeping, keeping things in perspective. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It, and there's, there's a time to now, if you can honestly answer the question, I can't do more. That's where I was at. Like that was okay. a conversation I had with someone at the, the Western where I'm like, I don't feel, I don't know what else I can do. I got other than doing the same things and waiting for it to, yeah. to maybe turn itself around. And there was my answer. I'm like, well, it might be, it might be next week. It might be three months. It might be a year. A year would be long. It would feel long, but it could even be longer. 
but it's like how long are you going to be able to stay in the game for how long are you going to keep kind of being able to grind away uh until things kind of move in the direction that that you're looking for as long as you can answer the question am i doing all that i can if you feel like you're doing all that you can and you feel like you can't do more well then you're capped out then then that's where you you know you're like i'm going to keep doing the same things um or i'm going to maybe if you're trying a little bit too hard. So, yeah. um, yeah, you definitely need to be able to, to assess kind of where you're at. Um, and, uh, and no, I agree that the answer is, is not always, I need to hit more balls. I need yeah. to pop, pop more. I need to do this or that. Like, you know, sometimes it's just not your time. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you did have, we don't want to paint you in a, paint a picture that you're uh, barely <laughs> able to find the, the, the center of the club face because, uh, you, um, you have, uh, well, in a good way, you've actually uh, complicated things a little bit for yourself because uh, you you win as an amateur on the McKenzie Tour just a handful mm-hmm. of weeks ago, find yourself in the top five. So you have secured yourself as an amateur uh, full status in 2022 on the McKenzie Tour. So congrats for that. Thank I, you very I, much. I know you're now heading over to... Uh, Latin P- PGA Tour Latin America Q School. So you're attempting to get status on that tour, still staying as an amateur. So um, maybe, you know, before we, you know, kind of talk about some of the things you're doing off the golf course to, that allows you to, you know, kind of run this this really aggressive schedule, talk to me about maybe what's your plan for the next, I don't know, what, six months, three months, however far out you've thought, you know, walk me through your approach to, you know, getting your professional career started while staying an amateur right now. So, you know, explain that to, to me and, and maybe to listeners so they can kind of understand, you know, what, what your process is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So following, following my win in Toronto, that, that changed kind of the direction of things a lot. And I actually didn't realize the opportunities that it, could could maybe present down the road so a couple of people from the tour said hey you can you can um accept uh all of the other benefits other than the prize money basically or the checks and i'm like oh okay so they're like you might want to make these events a, a priority going forward and, and see if you can get in the top five and it's fortunate enough to to have that happen and uh, i i remained amateur um throughout all of them uh there's no guarantees so like there are people asked for are you going to turn pro in the next 24 hours <laughs> Right. And it's like, it's like, no, uh, probably not. Um, and that kind of thing. So I just, at the time I, I actually had had a few amateur events. So I had the Irish, uh, amateur open and I had even like the South beach, um, in December, I had those two events planned and I was planning on planning those even after playing my McKenzie tour events. And then following earning my, my card there, I kind of changed, um, I changed kind of my plans that way. Um, and actually this year is, I think new, latin q school is in november so it's it's i think it's normally in january or something like that okay. um at least from what i've been told so that that's what really changed um uh my mind on on those uh, amateur events and i'm like you know what i'm in a position now that yes i'm an amateur but i, I have earned this and this is coming um i'm gonna play latin q school uh so my, my plans moving forward are yes to to play a full schedule on the canadian tour see what I'm able to, to do at Latin Q school and, uh, at best case scenario, play both tours. So, um, my, my plan will be to, to turn pro very soon. Um, 
uh, either uh, leading up to Latin Q school um, or even just, just following, depending. Uh, and then the first two Latin events uh, are the first two weeks of December. So I could potentially be making kind of my first starts that early if, if things happen to go uh, as planned, if you will. So um, nice. that's kind of the, the plan going forward, but definitely, uh, definitely turning pro very soon. And um, yeah, the, 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 the main goal uh, going forward is to, to earn full status on Latin and, and uh, have maybe have the opportunity to play both tours, which would be that would again, be... very, very busy, but a oh great, great learning opportunity. So I mean, frequent flyer miles all over the place. I yeah. Mean, I, be... I didn't even, yeah, I wasn't even like grabbing those from like our coach in college. And I know there's people that are smarter than me and <laughs> are, are doing what they can to get that, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely racking up some now. So that's, that's been fun. You know, it's funny is that a lot of guys, when they turn pro, they're trying to get all these, these, these sponsor deals. And I see them wearing logos on their shirt. And a lot of times, you, you know, you're not too familiar with what the company is, but you know, they're offering <laughs> something, man, I'd be just, I'd be knocking down some sort of a Marriott sponsorship or a Hertz rental yeah. car, man, I would yeah. jump all that's actually, if, if, you know, I don't have sponsors here at the back of the range, but if I had to, if I had to pick, I would get, I mean, airline i mean southwest airlines well i'm more yeah. i have more southwest airline points than than god so um uh <laughs> i i mean i so southwest give me a rental car give me a hotel and uh and yeah that's you'd be set i'm set yeah that's all i need absolutely so. right yeah oh my gosh um yeah. all right so we're gonna close the episode out in a little bit we i know we've we've talked about a lot it's been fantastic insight yeah, that you yeah. provided but i wanted to ask you i know one big thing which, you know, it's big for, you know, it's very important, obviously, for, for anyone, but especially for a professional athlete, is uh, is fitness. And I know that's something that is something, I know that is something that is very important to you. You've, um, you know, brought it into kind of your preparation to uh, to chase down being a, a you know, successful pro. Um, and, and I know that it, you know, whether it's, too much fitness or you know lifting heavy and how does it affect your game i know i know you know bryson dechambeau gets a little bit of publicity about that not much but just a little bit you know and you hear that sometimes um but how do you approach your fitness and how does it how has it affected and helped your um you know your game your overall fitness maybe kind of you know explain what that's done for you yeah, if, if yeah, for sure. If you know me well, um, definitely known for enjoying uh, the gym and enjoying fitness, and and that's definitely grown the last probably three or four years. I would say it's been a, a pretty major focus and and become more of like a part of my life than just something that I do because right. it it benefits my um, my sport uh, per se. Um, uh, you mentioned balance, like it's, it's provided that for me. Um, you know, you're, not, you're not just in the gym because I want to gain swing speed. No, exactly. Yeah. It, it was honestly, it was more about protecting myself, um, in the beginning. And I, I was, I, I kind of explored a lot of different ways of, of doing that. Um, I, I did find, uh, CrossFit, um, three or four years ago. And there's definitely elements of that that I don't entertain and, and don't do just from a safety standpoint. Right. Um, you know, I, I do need, uh, all parts of my body to be function, be able to function, uh, in order to, uh, to, to play the game at a high level and be ready to play the game. There's a lot of things that I do love about it, um, and whatnot, but that is kind of the modality methodology that I kind of utilize and, and kind of wrap things into. 
Um, but no, I, I have friends that, that are, um, all into, to CrossFit. Um, and, 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 and it's, it's impressive to watch. Like it's, it's amazing, but it's, it, it could have a little bit more of an effect on, on, on me and what I do. So, um, so uh, honestly, uh, I've, I've, I've messed around with, um, various amounts of intensity, whether it's training, you know, six, seven days a week and not really giving myself much rest, um, and, and seeing what that's like. I've had times where it's been a little bit more quiet and it's been very kind of, uh, mobility stretching, uh, kind of focused. I've had, uh, I've had periods of time where it's like three days a week. Um, and I, I've kind of been trying to just find what's best for me there. Of course, there's a, the, that long stretch we had where I wasn't really playing a lot with um, the beginnings of, of COVID and everything, that's where things really ramped up. And I kind of, I think made a bit of a turn um, with things. I did get stronger. I did get a little bit bigger uh, in that kind of thing, but that actually all just, it helped me be more consistent. And I think even aware of like how I move um, yeah. and, and allowed me to keep those things in check a lot more, um, you know, and, and uh, I, I actually had, like less aches and pains as I move and train than I do when I don't. So I've definitely learned that I feel my best when I move, it's just about for each individual finding like what makes you feel your best. If it's jumping on a bike, if it's going for a walk, if it's going for a run, whether it is something like um, various forms of functional fitness or whatever, um, or if it's, if it's bodybuilding, whatever it is, um, obviously you, you want it to benefit, you know, what you're trying to do, but for me, it's provided the balance, but I've, I've been able to kind of figure out what works um, best for me. So um, kind of giving myself a little bit more um, rest and being nice to myself uh, on the road. This this past summer helped me figure that out because I, I came from a relatively high intensity, high training volume approach leading into the summer. Um, so I feel like that helped me prolong um, how I felt throughout the summer and like kept me together but I, I still made it a point to, to move for 20 or 25 minutes um, each day outside of golf, whether that's some bodyweight stuff, whether I could grab onto some bands, um, whether I had access to a gym. There's sometimes, you know, a set yeah. of dumbbells at a hotel or whatever. So just would kind of make it work. But I would kind of go a little bit by feel um, in that kind of thing and, and, and go from there. But I think the consistency uh, is the main thing throughout the week. And, and in the midst of a lot of things being unfamiliar, keeping certain things a constant is important when you're on the road. So if you're used to working out and, and you're, and you're on the road and you're like, Oh, I don't have anything like having a jump rope, having some bands, your body's a great tool as well. There's all kinds of terrible things that you can do from a body weight <laughs> standpoint to get a good workout in. So I think the consistency is, is important and in, in giving your body the predictability in the midst of things that you can't control. So that's been a big help. Um, and that's kind of how I approach things. So I've definitely tried lots of different things, um, and am open to various forms of activity and, and movement, but, um, yeah, that's kind of kind of how I how I do it. If if that makes sense. No, it does. And and body weight, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've been talking yeah. for an hour, and I've I've been holding a plank position for nearly fifty five <laughs> minutes, which is uh, is starting. It's starting to get a little painful, but I, a little bit of a little bit of burn. It's nice. a little bit of a burn, but you've yeah. held the voice together though. No yeah, shaking, yeah, no yeah. chattering. No, nah, yeah. no, nah, it's great. Yeah, it's all it's all <laughs> casual. Like, yeah, well, you know, you got to be in shape to to be a podcaster. So um, you do. All right, so uh, we'll we'll end this episode with now all this lifting 
requires you to fuel the body. So let me ask mm-hmm. this question. What is going to give you what's going to give you more concern? Leaving a wedge on the range and having to play without it or playing around a round of golf without any snacks in the bag? Oh, I, I'll make I'll I'll figure out how to hit the right shot. I need snacks. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an easy one for me. I'll get that later, or even if someone takes it, I'll I'll figure out how to bump and run something or do whatever. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I definitely need the snacks, or I might not make it through the round. Okay. So making it through the rounds more <laughs> more important. So you, I would you, say you, you need a lot. You need a lot going on in there. So it's, it's yeah, a whole, it's a whole grocery store in the bag. There's a grocery store present in the wow. bag for sure. Definitely a peanut butter and honey sandwich. There's that's in there for oh sure. My gosh. All one right. per nine is usually the style. Wow, really? So, peanut butter and honey yeah. one through nine. One per nine. One, yeah. one 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 per nine. Wow. One per nine. Yeah, I like to eat and I need it. So that's um, a lot. So yeah, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> is there now it sounds I mean so actually you do eat you do eat a carb every once in a while. Is there a something on the road that you have found in your travels that I mean, I could ask you the standard question of like, what's your go-to snack? But I don't want to ask that. I want to know <laughs> what is just the absolute. Uh, I need to eat something that's terrible for me, but that's just going to make me feel better. I mean, I can't even fathom that you are rolling into a fast food <sighs> restaurant. I mean, that, I just can't see that happening. No, I will. I will. Or like, what's like go- what's the dire situation you found yourself in on the road? Like. I'm yeah. so hungry, and the only thing open is, uh, yeah, there's nothing open. Like, like, what's yeah. the dire situation? I will go out of my way to find a Chipotle, first of all. Okay, sure. Uh, absolutely love Chipotle, but but honestly, like, my last, my last like, dire situation moment was, was, like, basically a last resort McDonald's, and I hadn't had McDonald's in years. Not because, like, I'm against it or anything. Right. Just, if there's other choices, I'm sure. just probably going to pick something else. But I grabbed, like, a... I don't know what are they? It's like a, a 10, 20 pack of like McNuggets or something, uh-huh. and, then and I just ha- hammered away on that. And then, so, and, then, and then your body just goes into complete so shutdown. Awful. Oh yeah, I felt like I had just yeah, I felt like all I had ate was spreading, oh. <laughs> and that was it. It was awful. But hey, it got me through, and I'm I'm still here. So there you go. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this uh, this flew by. I knew it would. Uh, really appreciate the just uh, you know really walking us through. Because it is kind of an interesting journey where not just where you started and then where you went to college, but now you're not typically going the college golf to pro. You had this little shoulder, which obviously is paying off great dividends. I appreciate you uh, stopping by the back of the range, Noah. I'm sure we're going to need to do this again soon. I, I can't wait to follow uh, your your upcoming travels and, and all the best at Q School. And uh, I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Yeah, thank you so much. It's it's awesome seeing you at events. It's been awesome seeing you at events. And thank you so much for, for having me on and for your time. And there you have it. Special thanks to Noah Steele for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range. As always, go check out Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Every single episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. And we'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range. <laughs>